Welcome to It's Ms. Max Health and Culture. Health is a way of living and the mindset. Culture is a way of being and honoring who we are as a people. Fuse it together for a way of vibing. Take this journey with me. I'll see you inside. Thank you so much for joining on the Wake Up Radio. I am your host, is Ms. Max of Health and Culture. And special shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for making this all possible. Thank you all for being here today. Shortly, my guest, Dr. Williams, will be joining me. I'm so excited to have him here. We're going to be having a great discussion. And today's topic is a little deep for me, but something that I'm passionate about. And it is... Can we save the Black nuclear family? Yes. The Black nuclear family is parents, Black uh, parents that are in the household, married mother, father with children. And my concern has always been, even before the pandemic, even before everything that's been going on in the past couple of years, I always felt that it was a pandemic that the family unit has been breaking down. Uh, the single parent rate is at an all-time high of 70%. And I'm not talking about parents who were married that faced a divorce. That's not who I'm talking about. Because sometimes we know marriages don't work out. And in a lot of cases, those parents can co-parent together. What I'm focusing on is the children who are having children and not having fathers in the household or not even in a dating relationship. Now, I'll give you one. Um, if you have a kid, because I was a single parent, and this is why this is passionate to me. This topic is so passionate to me. Um, I was a single mom. I was dating someone who I thought that we were going to be together forever, like love is. We knew each other from high school. And um, we had like Many people do. We had premarital sex, but I was putting, you know, the cart before the horse. And I thought, OK, well, we can go backwards. Maybe um, we were ha we're I'm pregnant now, but maybe we can still make it right. We can make a family. We could be a family unit. But then I learned the hard way is it wasn't so easy. It doesn't matter that if you just know someone. You think that you have this history together with a person and that should account for everything, but you really have to have hard conversations. Well, longer the short is I had the baby and he wasn't so happy about it. He was not prepared to be a single father. And I got to know another side of this man that I had never known before. And that's when I learned for the first time that you really have to ask the questions. These are things that I weren't, wasn't taught growing up. I wasn't taught that, okay, or being groomed, let's just say that I was not groomed to be in that type of relationship where saying these are the things that you have to do to groom yourself, to have a husband and then have a child and then go on to have the stability, right? So anyway, the longer the short was, um, we had the child, it was very uh, turbulent, to say the least. And in any case, um, it was very hard on my daughter. And that's what bothered me the most because number one, children should know that when they are born into this world that they are loved. Now I loved her, but there's it's it's hard when you know that you were born into instability. You understand that? She was not born into stability. 
And so because of that, she got to witness a lot of the back and forthness between her and her dad, me and her dad. Uh, going through the uh, the arguments, who's going to do what, who's going to uh, take care of her, who's not going to take care of her. It, it was just a whole tur- you know, turbulent thing. And so the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this up is because I made a promise to myself that I will not bring another child into this world unless I can give that child true stability, true stability and the nuclear family, mother, father being together. And we know this is why when Dr. Williams comes on, why it's so important because his book that he has is called They Stole It, But You Must Return It. When he talks about the slavery times and he talks about the breakdown of the black community based on what happened in slavery. And we believe that this happened so long ago when actually we are seeing the echoing effects of what's going on. Hello, Dr. Williams has joined us and um, he's going to be switching over, but I'm just going to continue on with my story about what it was like being the, being the single parent and not having the stability. I come from a two-parent home, but like a lot of two-parent home, a lot of two-parent homes that went through divorce back in the 70s, the 70s, we were, um, we became unstable, but I can say for 10 years, I knew what it was like to have a mother and a father in the home. And I got to see the difference. I got to see what it was to see my dad go to work. My mom stay home. My mom took care of us. She took us to school. She took care of the bills. And so that stuck in my head. And so from that point, I knew that I wanted to be a part of a family unit because I saw what it was like when he was there and like when he wasn't there. And it is very much a domino effect when the when the man, when that that father figure is not in the home. You, it feels like someone ripped off your right arm, the arm that you write with is very devastating. And to go from that point from then to now where we're not even in love, the young ladies the young women now are not in love. They're having children. And we are still under, a lot of the women are under the misnomer that if I have this child for this man, that that's our love way or my way of keeping him when that could be further from the truth. If we really understood the struggle of the black man and what they go through, then we would know that they would want run away from that responsibility because they are still trying to identify themselves and get it for themselves. And we're putting something on them, a burden on them and without having that discussion. Am I on the right track with that, Dr. Williams? Yes, you are. Um, I was just saying how when I grew up in a two-parent home, and even though my parents divorced in the 70s, like a lot of Black families did, at least for 10 years, I got to um, get that experience of what it was like to ha- to be a part of the nuclear family, having my father there, my father go to work every day. Um, my mother was at home taking care of us. I remember how her spirit was. It was very calming, you know, very relaxing because she felt stable, even though the, I'm not saying that their marriage was perfect, but I like to see that my father was there. And then when he was not there, um, it felt like my arm ripped off. It was like like someone ripped off my right arm when my dad left and it left it left a domino effect. Um, I was telling them about your book about they stole it, but you must return it. When you talk about the 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 traumatic uh, episode, I, I call them episodes because the way you tell it in a story so vividly 
to help us understand what the slaves went through. And I believe that we have such a cognitive dissonance now, Dr. Williams, that we think that that was so long ago that it's not happening now. So when we think about the slave trade, when we had a short period of time, when we did have the nuclear family, and then now to the point where the nuclear family, the black nuclear family is dying down and women are just having children without bringing in the bond or bringing in the, the stability for that child. This, these children are only knowing half of who they are. They are not getting the full realm of the full love that they can receive, the full confidence that they can have, the, um, you know, the assurance that they can have. And so if you can really jump in on that and let me know, is there a chance that we can save the nuclear family and how we have gotten to this point? Uh, yes, um, I'll have to um, uh, present it from, from my perspective, you know, if you don't mind. Not at all. I, I think when we look at the family, we have to go all the way back. And the one thing, and I'm, I'm not a, a preacher or anything like that, but I have um, am a student of of um, of the Bible and other other uh, religious books, and I think that if you when you look at the Bible, you'll find that the family was established at the very beginning before sin was intro introduced into the world, and and there's some elements of um, and principles that I think are lasting as to how the relationship between the male and the female ought to be if we're going to get the maximum out of life and uh, out of our relationships. And uh, of course, um, the biblical concept was, not, I don't believe in evolution. I believe that we were, when, when the Bible said we were made in the image of God, I believe that. I don't think that we came from monkeys or amoebas, anything like that. But um, uh, the, the biblical concept said that man was made out of the ground. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. And then woman was made out of man, which made two separate beings at that point. But in, uh, in marriage, the two were to once again to become one. And I think that's a very deep and important concept because once you get uh, into marriage, you, there's a mindset that's necessary in order to have a healthy marriage. One of the things is I have to look at my spouse as part of myself and my um, um, responsibility is to make us one again. That's a task. I know that's, uh, I'm, I'm speaking, you know, um, uh, philosophical, but it is very powerful. Uh, my wife and I, we do mar uh, marriage um, counseling. And there are certain concepts that I say must be necessary if you're going to have a happy union, male and female. And those principles are, um, they're in the Bible. I'm not, I'm not trying to get religious, but I think those principles are everlasting. And, and what has happened is slavery attacked those principles. They tore those principles apart. Uh, the role that the man had, which was established uh, before sin, and the role the woman has uh, be, um, established before sin, 
were torn really apart. Um, we, we need to understand that there is a specific role for males, a specific role for females, if we're going to really enjoy each other at a maximum. Uh, because we have freedom of choice, often that's not part of our experience because if something seems more attractive or if there's a, um, it, it's going to require some um, uh, involvement on my part, I may want to skip it. But I will say this, I, I, I was married for 47 years and my wife passed away. I've been married to my second wife for uh, 12 years. And so um, I've, I've been almost married almost 60 years. And I've had good relationships with both women. I think God has blessed me because I can give me two, two great women. But the, but, the, but the key in our relationship was, once again, becoming one. Uh, I, she is my preoccupation in terms of happiness. And um, I accept their testimony when they say the same toward me. You're going to have problems, obviously, because we're born in sin and shape and iniquity. We all come into the relationship with baggage. But there's also a solution as to how we can develop, uh, we can uh, deal with that baggage if we once again uh, get into certain kinds of principles. I'll get, get into that in a minute. In a minute. Just, just trying to lay a little foundation here. Well, with the Black um, family, if you look at uh, different groups, we'll find that when it came to family, probably the black family had the, the model. I mean, all of us have had problems as, as a result, but the black family prior to the European invasion had the model. Family was the most important entity in the society and everything evolved around family. Family was so important that if one tribe member married another tribe member, it would pull two tribes together. And there were certain roles that they had in the family. And I'm not talking about this whole thing of equality because man and woman are equal. That's not it. But we have different roles. And uh, we have roles with our children. You don't have the same relationship uh, to, with your child as you do with your husband. And you don't have the same relationship uh, with the man across the street that you do with your husband. So roles are important and roles are, are, are um, um, a driving force in any society for unity. Uh, unfortunately, because we have the, the freedom of choice, uh, we set aside roles and uh, we become very selfish in our pursuit. And as a result, we get we get a lot of a lot of problems, but the black black family though had that pretty much intact, and white white America knew and the Europeans knew that if that family concept is strong, you can't make a slave out of a man or woman in their minds. But if we can break that family down where he doesn't have the support, we can do it. We can we can we can do anything with them, and that's what happened to us. Um, we, we lost our, 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 our nucleus. We, we, we lost our foundation. Uh, we lost our, 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 
foundation for support. Um, and, and that has, and we have become a victim of anything that comes along, we'll pick up. We pick up a, a lot of the European concepts of relationships and uh, they don't work well for us. It doesn't work well for them, but it certainly uh, do not work well for us. Um, I, the man, the black male in this day and age is probably the, the most humiliated uh, human being on earth for what they have done to him, how they have uh, dehumanized him, not physically, but psychologically. And, and, and the black woman resents that role. Unfortunately, she resents it. And um, she has to understand, we have to understand as black men and black women, that in order for us to have uh, a kind of relationship that is very healthy and very happy, we're gonna have to be supportive to each other. We're gonna have to understand what we've gone through and what the slavery experience has made us in our relationships. Even now, um, 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 almost 70% of our families are uh, run by uh, single parents, mainly females. That's not, that's, not a, that's not an African concept at all. That's the result of us being um, uh, through the worst human rights uh, experience in the history of the world and then trying to adapt to a European system that, that's gonna make sure that you never get it right. And we have to look at that. We have to look and say, what has happened? And so in the book, I tried to explain some of the things that happened, what the black male went through, what the black woman went through, and how that has affected our relationship. Let me just briefly give some, some, some examples. The black male who uh, at one point um, prior to the European invasion, uh, was a protector, a, an educator, and a nurturer. As a educator, it was his job to teach his son how to be a man and how to be a father. Father. That's an important role, because even in my generation, uh, my father didn't teach me how to be a man. I learned how to be a man among my peers, who didn't really know how to be a man anyway, you know, and so. Um, and, and, and we thought in order to be a man, you have to have two characteristics. One, you have to be able to protect yourself physically. And you had to, uh, you know, you have to have several women. I mean, that manhood is, 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 is determined by how many women you said you've had and so forth and so on. That was our concept of manhood. And then I went into my marriage with that same mindset. And for my first few years of marriage, my wife had to suffer through my experiences. I wasn't a bad guy. I just went along with the culture. The culture was messed up. No one, in, you know, you go to school 12 from, from one kindergarten through, through 12. No one talks about relationships. No one talks about marriage. And when you look at the black community, we saw that, uh, you know, um, it was messed up. We, it's very hard to go into a marriage and have a successful marriage, letting the culture be the driving force. So we have to look at what constitutes a good marriage, what is a marriage supposed to be, and why is it that I am so far away from that model? 
Well, the black male, although he was an educator, protector, and a nurturer, they tore those three um, factors down. The black male could not teach his son how to be a man, how to be a father. He couldn't do that. The mother was allowed to have more latitude than, uh, than the father. They, they didn't want the father at all uh, to, to be involved in, 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 with the son because uh, they didn't want uprisings. They didn't want uh, rebellions. They didn't want that kind of thing. And, and um, mothers were, um, in their effort to save their sons, were supportive in controlling their sons and making sure their sons didn't get out of hand with Mr. Charlie because Mr. Charlie would easily send that son to another plantation or, or uh, humiliate him or even kill him. So the black male really went through 200, 300 years of being really daily humiliated. Humiliated by uh, the country, this this government, uh, the slave masters, and and also um, uh, his his, um, his 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 other um, um, slave brethren, because uh, uh, they told on each other because that was the only way some of them could survive. So they just messed our whole system up. Now the mother, who had more latitude but also who was very, very humiliated. I mean, she was raped. Uh, she was branded. Uh, they, they treated her almost as badly as they did the men, except when it came to nurturing the children, the mother had more latitude there. And she still does. And well, even if, if, uh, if, if the family is healthy, the mother is still the strongest influence of the child at a very, very early, early age. The male's role um, uh, kicks in later on and it becomes very important but the mother is the key uh, element at, at the early part of the uh, of the child's um, uh, growing up um, but that slavery experience tore down that man manhood's relationship between his son uh, which he um, couldn't teach his son how to be a man and how to be a father and so that was passed on generation to generation he couldn't be a nurturer. As a nurturer, it's his job to make sure that, his in, that the internal needs uh, of his tribe and his family were taken care of. You know, um, I picked that concept up myself early after I looked at after some research. And I told my wife, I said, you know, uh, I'm the adult male now. My father is, is um, passed away. Um, your father's passed away. Your mother's living, my mother's living. It's my responsibility uh, to take care of them. So I built a, um, uh, an apartment onto my house uh, for them. Uh, um, you know, uh, they could be part of the house or they could be, if they wanted to have their own privacy, they could do that. That was my job because the concept of uh, sending people to a nursing home, that's a European concept. That's not our concept. We take care of our own. We don't send our old folk out in the woods when they, when they get old. We take care of them. So um, uh, that 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 was damaged. That was damaged. We don't feel that way today. You know, we don't feel that we need to take care of our parents. Um, protecting. Okay, he's going to return and come back in. And 
I think that's amazing what he was talking about as far as when he talked, one thing he just said that just resonated with me, in addition why I say keep the nuclear family is because we do have a tendency to want to throw our parents out to pasture. I, I've told my mother from when I was young that as long as I'm alive, you will always have a place. I would never put my mother in a nursing home. She says, well, what if I can't move or I can't, if I'm unstable? Well, we'll figure that out, but I'm not going to put you in a nursing home. You know, my mother sacrificed her life for us. And the least I could do as a daughter is take care of her. And too many of us think that we just want to live our lives um, and forget about the generation before us. When if it wasn't for them, where would we be? When the term says, honor thy mother and thy father and thy days will be long. It's about the respect. It's about the respect of the elder generation before you. It doesn't matter if you didn't, if you got along with them or not. They gave you life. They gave you breath. You walk up, you wake up every day to live your life, be the better version of yourself. They gave you that breath. You didn't have control over that. So who are we to turn around and make a decision that we're just going to throw them away? Do you know in the African culture that with their elderly, they move them in the home so they can get all the information from them about growing up so they can learn so they can move on in their lives. They they embrace it instead of run away from it. And I wish that we can learn that in the American culture. So as we wait for uh, Dr. Williams to come back in, I, I just would like to encourage you to get his book. And the book is called They Stole It, But You Must Return It. You can purchase his book on Amazon.com. I'm waiting for minds to come and looking forward to reading because uh, reading that book, because like I said, we are still learning so much about ourselves. And this is why we're having this conversation about the nuclear family is because just like he stated, the black man has been so discarded that we reduced him down just to being a seed. Oh, you can get me pregnant. I'll have your child, but you just can't be in my life. What is that? We've reduced our brothers down to nothing. He's good enough to, to, to procreate with, carry the child for nine months, but not be in the life of your child so you can co-parent, then what was the purpose? So was this child born in love? And this is what hurts my heart. These children deserve a chance. Cicely Tyson said, if you are going to bring them in this world, make it worth their while. If we are going to bring these children into this world, make it worth their while. We know that relationships always don't work out. I get it. But we can do better. We can co-parent. Even if you decide you are not going to be a part of the nuclear family, I understand it. But at least give the child some foundation. That's my point. I feel like we are losing these children to so many things. High school dropout rate amongst Black children at an all-time high. Depression, suicide. High school uh, graduation rate. Uh, sorry, I'm stuttering. High school graduation rates are low. High school dropout rates are high. Why? Because the children don't have a foundation. They don't know who they truly are. They don't know their background. They're walking around here only knowing half of who they are and feeling rejected in life. I know it to be true. I went through it with my own daughter and she still struggled with those feelings at times. It is not fair to bring them into this world and not raise in the right way. I've done the best I could as a mother, but would it not have been a beautiful thing if we could have come together, at least co-parent. But again, 
I got to take some responsibility in that because this is where we have to have the communication, the discussion and find out what our brothers want. What do you want? We don't ask. What do you want from me? Do you see me as a wife? Do you see me as the mother of your children? And what action is he um, putting towards that? And here's the other thing that we like to do is that we like to be the decision maker. We've now become the alpha females over the males. Males are the natural hunters and gatherers, so we don't give them any position. And based on, you heard what Dr. Williams stated, was that men were so broken down from slavery, buck broken, you know, being humiliated in front of their wives and children to be reduced down to anything. It was never meant for us it was never meant for us to be incorporated as a family, but here we are, the ones who are surviving to keep it. We work hard for it. And the next thing when he comes back on is, I want to get into those who are still a part of the nuclear family, even those they're those who are not that want to be the that have the structure. They depend on us, whether they're married. If, well, I'm sorry if they're not married. They want the stability. They want to know that they can go to that family for that structure. Structure is still very important. So it's something that we need to hand down. When I say we, I'm talking about uh, me, the mother, the father. We need to hand this down to the next generation. It hurts my heart every time I hear, oh, so-and-so is having a baby. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what about building? What about putting your life together so you and the father can be together? And there's no discussion of that. We are so into the superficial part of it. We want to plan the shower and spend the money and everyone's so excited. And don't get me wrong, children are a beautiful thing. And here's the other part. We have heard amazing stories. When you think about LeBron James and his mom being a single mom. But we don't have enough of those stories. He's he's like a, a unicorn almost, I feel like. We need to see more of that love. Okay. We got to see more of that structure. That's what I want to see in our community. I was pulled, I pulled up some numbers and it was showing. Look, listen to these staggering statistics. It says unmarried women ages 15 to 44, black women are at 81. 0.7% unmarried with children compared to white women at the opposite number, 18.9%. But it makes sense to me because white women, they don't like, they're not going to struggle. They've been raised in the structure. And there's the other part, a component that I read about the shotgun wedding. We've heard of shotgun wedding, but do you know there's a higher percent, there was a higher percentage of shotgun weddings than white people, 44%. I think it was 41% shotgun weddings as opposed to 11.9% uh, for black people for the shotgun wedding. But I think we need to reiterate that. But we don't have the family unit to do it because it's now it's just the mom in the household. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here with our generation and our children? When are we going to have the conversation about rebuilding the family structure and talking to our youth? And, you know, here's the funny thing about the youth. 
they don't like us talking to them. You know, when we were kids, we had to listen. But these kids, they're different. They don't want us to tell us anything. But I don't give a damn because guess what? Who do you think they run to when the stuff hits the fan? They run to us. So you have to hear what we're saying. And we're not talking to you to tell you what to do. We're talking to you because of our experience, what we've been through. This is not about judging you at all. I wish someone had this talk with me when I was their age. It could have saved me a lot of heartache. But you know what? I believe I went through that experience because I meant to teach someone else. So when I'm talking to the youth, I'm not judging you. I just want you to make sure that you're living your life, living your life for you and being able to have a healthy relationship so you can give your child that emotional support. Does that make sense? Give your children that emotional support, because let me tell you something. What I know, what I saw in my mother and what I saw in myself, stress, the stress level is so high. Because you're doing everything. You have to work the job. You have to bring in the income. You have to figure out how the kids are going to eat, have a roof over their head. And on top of that, you're a woman. You have needs and you're looking for your own needs. So combine all of that. It's going to affect your children. And then we expect them to sit up, sit straight. Don't say anything. You know, these are the these are the issues that we we put them through. Welcome back, Dr. Rick Williams. I was kind of, I, let's backpedal a little bit about what you said about the father. You talked about the father not having the role in the house, and we know that. But I wanted to jump ahead a little bit because what I was stating before you came on is, even though it seems like the Black nuclear family is dying, yet those who are not married or the single parent household still depend on us. They depend on us for the stability. Does that make sense? They don't yeah. they don't want to have the marriage or don't know how to go about having the marriage or having the children, not having the mates, but yet they still look back to us for the um, emotional and financial stability. Well, yeah. See, one of the, um, uh, uh, the strongest fe- female in the world is, 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 is an African-American. Not only African-American, anyone that... Um, went through the slavery experience in the Western Hemisphere because you were able to keep the family, um, whatever is left, you were able to keep that together and you did it with dignity and with strength. And that's the thing that has kept us going is the strength of the woman. Uh, and, 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 and that's great. Uh, I think that's one of the roles of women uh, is to develop Man, uh, I think that uh, women have a certain, a certain strength and a certain insight that men do not have. Men have their own strengths, but uh, pulling things together and holding things together is is really something that women are good at and and are strong at. Matter of fact, women can pretty much substitute for anything that's missing. And one of the reasons why uh, they're so aggressive today is because the absence of the male's role, healthy role, um, uh, she has to uh, um, you know, compensate and she becomes stronger in that area. But with that role, but with that condition, she sort of resents uh, the black male. 
uh, because he has not been able to um, uh, reach his potential like uh, black women have. Um, see, because when a black man leaves the door, when he leaves the door, the stress uh, threshold starts because he knows that uh, he's going to be humiliated when he goes downtown. He sees all those big buildings and he sees the white guy walk out knowing that he can do, in many cases, better than them, but he's not given the chance. Knowing that the job that he has to take is a job that um, is pushed on him. So that's, that's, that's a constant reminder of, 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 of his role. And that, by the way, that's, that's um, planned. It's, it's, it's set up that way. And, and, but we have to um, um, compensate the black man. Black man, now he needs to do his responsibility, but he needs to have some support and understanding. Because um, I, I say this my, myself, because even though I've had fairly good marriages, I can remember um, and I'm sort of an entrepreneur, uh, every venture that I went out for, um, my um, mother and um, wife and her friends, oh, you, you know, that ain't gonna work. I mean, anytime you bring up an idea, oh, that ain't gonna work, because they don't think black men can do anything. Now, they were very satisfied when I had a job at the university and I worked for white folk. Oh, yeah, you know, they thought I was great. And because I was, I was uh, uh, fulfilling the role that, as a black man, I have to be under the auspices of a white man in order to be successful. Uh, black men go through a lot of stress, and stress is a big killer. It's a big killer. And one, the one thing about, I tell women, one of the things you have to be very careful of, you can turn a black man off when you start humiliating him. Don't humiliate him. Uh, and sexually, don't humiliate him as a man, because he he'll either strike out at you or he'll cut you off. And 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 many black men don't even get involved. Don't even they don't they don't even want to bother with things because uh, they don't want to go into that 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 concept uh, that people have of him. And black women have in many cases have the same concept of a black man that the white society does. And, and we have to understand that there's a process that he went through to get him to this point. And we have never looked at that process. And that's why I say today, we're not gonna move forward, even though, you know, I wrote the book in, you know, back in 86, um, but we are not gonna, and the concepts are still the same, we're not going to move forward until we understand where we're supposed to be, what the, what the, um, uh, principles are around that, what, why we are, where we are, how we got here, and what we can do to rectify it. We don't go through that process of, 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 of analysis. We're just going to respond to whatever is in front of us and survive. And that's what we're doing now. All we're doing right now is surviving. We, we, we have more abilities than that. Marriage can be a beautiful um, uh, uh, experience. Family is the greatest thing you have on earth. You can't get any better than family. The other things like uh, money, uh, uh, position, those things are fine, but they are not substantive like family. Family is the real thing. 
and and we have been really damaged uh, in in that area, and we don't think that we're damaged in our in that area. Black men uh, have uh, accepted the um, uh, the culture that how I am is what I'm supposed to be, and and and, and you know, um, and um, black women uh, don't mind training their sons to be like their fathers. Because I tell one of the things I see with black women. Black women do not, uh, in many cases, give the attention and the affection to their husbands like they should. They'll uh, transfer this to their sons, and they make their sons uh, their um, uh, focus of attention. You know, and and they baby him. You know, don't. You know, you don't have to make your bed, honey. You don't have to do this. And they and and they make and I call it. People don't like this this term. They make sisters out of them. And then when it comes to um, um, uh, sexual responsibility, uh, women think it's cute when their when their son have two or three girlfriends and so on, so on, so on, so. And and all you're doing is 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 making that son teaching that son how to be like his father, uh, and you can't stand his father because of the characteristics that he manifests toward you. So we got that cycle going, and 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 it's natural to do that. It's 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 natural. I had um, my cousin said to me uh, years ago, and it dawned on me. He says, "You know what?" He says, "I don't know any of our uh, peers who don't have two families." Now, a lot of folks don't know about the second family, and I started thinking about that, and I realized that in that generation, you know, that was that was a cultural thing, and, and it was an accepted thing. It was an unhealthy thing. But it was it was it was it was it was part of the culture, and this, we have uh, uh, allowed culture to supersede morality because we have a lot of times we had no choices. I mean, they uh, white folk um, uh, told us when to get up, uh, when to go to bed, what to eat, who to who to who to uh, uh, have sex with. Um, uh, they just tore our marriage concept apart. And by the way. The marriage concept that was that was that was a, that was um, uh, practiced uh, on the plantation uh, was a disgrace. But our parents—I uh, mean, our foreparents—really took. They got the best of it, but they were considered by the um, government, by the state, and by the uh, the slave owners as chattels. They were not even human beings. They were like a piece of furniture. And uh, if I own furniture, I can do anything with furniture I want. If I want to burn it, I can burn it. If I want to break it up, I can break it up. If I want to sell it, I can sell it. And that was the concept that they had about us. Uh, and then, of course, uh, later on, they elevated us to three-fifths and all that other kind of stuff. But in, in terms of the family, you couldn't marry. By law, you could not marry by law. And so, uh, because furniture don't marry. So what they did on the plantation, uh, he would, in order to appease black folk, because marriage to black folk, when you look at marriage um, in, in the African uh, society prior to the European envision, that was a very, very special thing. I mean, the ceremony would go on for weeks. And, and, and um, uh, it was, uh, like I said, two families coming together, uh, the tribe coming together. One tribe, uh, if, if one of uh, uh, the parties was from um, 
tribe A, tribe B, um, they would come together as A, B tribe. And, and so once they got to the plantation, they, they were used to this marriage and getting together. So to appease them, to appease them, he would have some of them jump on the broom, over the broom. Now they may not have to stay married long, but, but just to appease them. Now what we do today, we, we bring that as part of our ceremony. And I say it's, it's, it's an insult. People think that's, that's, that's not our culture. That was um, something that was left to us uh, out, of, of, out of humiliating us as, as human beings, but allowing us to go through a ceremony, not by law, because law, by law, you, you couldn't get married. And so, um, I, 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 and then even when you were married, there was no law to, to establish that as a permanent uh, union. If the slave master wanted to, two days after he let you jump over the broom, he wanted to sell you to another plantation, there was nothing to prohibit him from doing that. So the whole marriage um, 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 experience during those hundreds of years was just a totally total insult. And so after slavery, we tried to pull together uh, what we could. Uh, many of the slaves did not know where their their uh, kinfolk were because they 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 would um, sell us from uh, from different plantations in different states. And and we tried to pull it together, and we did fairly well um, with 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 um, uh, with with the commitment to some extent. But we still had some of those same old habits that we picked up during slavery. Same old habits. I talk a little bit about those habits in the book. And even today, even today, we have those same habits to some extent. Uh, and and we have to we have to sit down and have a talk about black folk need to have some sessions on why do we do these things why do we do these things i um uh, when i often when i'm uh, doing a talk one of the first things i'll ask the audience i'll say how many of you have ever seen a light-skinned black person uh, with bad hair and a dark-skinned black person with good hair and I can expect 75 to 80% of the people raise their hands in affirmation. And then I'll say to them, I, 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 I'm using this example, I'll say to them, because I'm going to talk about some things that you're going to think are, um, they're not necessary. But you just demonstrated to me that what I'm going to talk about is necessary because there's no such thing as bad hair. 500 years ago, 400 years ago, white folk brainwashed you to think that your hair was bad. Here we are in, 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 in 2021, and you still think in terms of bad hair. You still think in terms of color. You still think in terms of, I mean, there's just so many things that we carry over as part of our culture. The way we eat is almost an insult to us. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we have... Um, uh, uh, things like chitlins as uh, as a delicacy. I said, do you know how that came about? Do you know that on many plantations they had um, uh, 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 slaves eat out of the same trough that the uh, that the that the hog did? And to add insult, they wouldn't give you. Um, um, there's no such thing as a good part of the hog, but they would they would give you the worst part of the hog, which was the intestines, which we call chitlins. 
And oh, we, I mean, today we will fight if somebody tried to take our children because we hang on to those things that were established a long time ago to, to, uh, to dehumanize us. And we make that our culture. Our families today is a cultural thing, not a real thing. It's a cultural thing as a result of slavery experience. And it's too bad because I see too many black male and females in love, in love, and can't stay together because of the because of the culture. Uh, and we have to we have to throw that culture off, which is detrimental. We have to throw the European aspect of that culture off, which is that detrimental. Um, relationships to me is the is the greatest achievement that you can make in this life to find a spouse that you can love, children that you can love, family that you can love, community that you can love. That's the greatest thing. You, you can't money 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 is, is is it comes and goes. And sometimes that's more of a big problem than anything else. But we focus on other things and leave the family out. We put the family at, 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 at on a low priority. It should be a top priority. But in order for it to be a top priority, we need to know how it should work and how it has worked. And, and, and understand that this society, the, the experience that we've had in America over the last 400 years has proven that we are the greatest survivors in the world but it has also affected us in a way that um, is, is killing us. We, we die earlier. Uh, we, we, um, uh, when it comes to health things like uh, diabetes and heart problems and all that, uh, way out of kilter. And those are lifestyle things. Much, much of that has to do with the stress and the way we eat and the way we, we think. It, it, it's killing us. And our marriage is part of that part of that dilemma. Now, having said that, can we can we do things today to make it better? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we have to understand how relationships work. How how you resolve things. Number one, you want to learn as much as you possibly can about what constitutes the relationship that you're going into. Most of us, when we get married, we don't even know what we're getting into. All we know is she looks good. And yeah, you know, and then after a couple of years, um, uh, you know, you say, what happened? Well, uh, you should feel as good two years from now as you did that first day, 10 years from now, if you get the right attitude and understand. So first of all, you, you, if you don't know and define what you want to do, then anything uh, is acceptable. And, 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 and that becomes a, a dilemma. I asked many couples. I said, "Do you know what the, Do you know what your vows were, uh, in terms of um, uh, making them a reality?" Nah, man. I just I just said it. You know, hey, that's not well, that's what I, what I was supposed to say. Uh, they haven't re really even you know haven't even thought about what it means to death do us part. You know, I haven't really thought about that. And and um, uh, what do you do when 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 one of you make a mistake? Because both of you are going to bring baggage to it. All of us have baggage. You have your baggage and your parents' baggage too. How do you bring that together? Well, there's a process to do that. Um, there's a process, and we have to learn how. And I have two concepts that I always tell couples: you've got to master if you want happiness. One is the way you view your partner. Your partner is key. 
if you view that and your your spouse as part of you, when God separated Adam and told them to come back together, be one, that is the key. So how do you be one? I can't be one if you got a, um, a bank account and I got one. I don't know what your bank. That's not oneness. Uh, oneness is not is not. I have my my thing. You have your thing. It doesn't mean that you don't have your individuality in your hand. That's. But the concept is, uh, when you look at your spouse, that's your responsibility. That's your preoccupation. I'm going to make him happy. I'm going to make her happy. Um, now, when, when you have a problem, which you are going to, I always say, use the biblical concept of solving a problem. Because you're going to have problems. You're going to make mistakes. Because most of us don't have any experience when we get into marriage, except what we've seen on the street. And what we've seen on the street is not good. So what happens when you make a mistake? Well, um, uh, the Bible says, uh, when you come to God, he says, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and, and, and willing to forgive your sins and clean you from all unrighteousness. But then and again, later on it says, and, and um, um, uh, Peter said, for example, Peter said, well, what do you mean? You mean to tell me that I have to forgive somebody seven times? And, and Christ said to him, no, not seven, 70 times seven. But then that's where people stop. But then later on he says, if they repent, which means that if I make a mistake, uh, my wife and I have an agreement. If I make a mistake and I'm going to make some, I owe it to her to rectify that mistake. If I'm if I did something wrong, I should repent of it. I should go to her and say, "Oh yeah," and not, "I'm sorry." That that that's not adequate. I need to say, "I'm sorry for what I did," with the intent of trying not to do it again. And 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 when that's sincere, she's obligated. Like I'm obligated, she's obligated to say, "Okay," and we're gonna let we're gonna drop that. It may come up again, but I'm not gonna say you did this five times. You did no, no, no. We've gone through the through through the process of reconciling that event because you're part of me and I'm part of you, and we are gonna make mistakes. I made mistakes. I, you know, I'm sorry. I slipped, babe. I did something I shouldn't done. Blah 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 blah. And let's move on because you are part of me. And I have problems within myself. And even in my, I don't, I don't throw, there's an African proverb says, just because your finger stinks, you don't cut it off. It's your finger. You try to, you try to heal it. And your husband is going to make some mistakes. He is. And you're going to make some. But let's have a, a, a positive concept about that and say, hey, look, our togetherness, our reconciliation is, is, is more important than our differences and our and our problem, we can work it out, and you 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 begin to see that you can set up a a mindset that really helps you uh, to to not only um, uh, come together but try to avoid some of these things, and you need to talk about those things. Yes, and you said something very key right there. I think that could eliminate 50% of divorce rates if we repented and took responsibility yep. for one another. Just doing that little bit. That's that that to me is a key. That's see, that's a biblical concept. I always said, you know, see, my thing is I believe in the creator. And I think if God created me, he knows me better than I know myself. So whatever principles he set up, who am I? 
because I got a little information, a little knowledge. Who am I to challenge the, 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 the being that created me on principles that can make me a better person? Even though um, uh, America has screwed our minds up on, on biblical interpretations and got us thinking that uh, uh, the way that their interpretation of the Bible is something that uh, I feel is very detrimental too. And, um, uh, but we, 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 we have the uh, 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 information accessible to really even now start having good marriages. And I've seen it because when we, when we um, uh, counsel couples and they work on it, they come back and say, yeah, you know, hey, <laughs> it works, you know. And, 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 and always remember, your husband has baggage. Your wife uh, has bag baggage. We, we're born in sin and shape and iniquity, but we can come together. We can, come, we can make this a beautiful experience. Um, but if your attitude is, this is mine, you ain't gonna drive my car, you, you, that, that's, that's pulling away. That's not, that's not the oneness. I always say to people, the body is one, even though the head is different than the foot. But I never leave the house without my head. I never leave, you know, I never make a decision without my head, but I never walk without my feet either. So all, all, you know, we, can, we, we got different roles, but we go together. We have different responsibilities, but we go together. And we respect those responsibilities. Here's the problem today. And this is why it's going to make it hard for black folk to come together. Because, and I know women get angry when I say this, but you see, um, uh, the black woman has been used to, 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 um, by the white society generally, and 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 nationally um, in the culture way that they they deal with black folk, but the black male has always been the uh, the woman has been the pawn to push the black male back. Um, on the plantation, she could say uh, what she wanted some sometimes to the slave master. He couldn't. She could tell her children. She could give her children some direction. The the, the male couldn't. That, that slave master did not want that man to have any control over those boys or anything else because he was afraid that um, um, uh, he was going to teach them how to be men and how to rebel and that kind of stuff. So he wanted to make sure that didn't happen. So even when something like the affirmative action started out, the affirmative action, really, the, I'm not talking about the way the law was written, but the conversation that went around uh, 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 initiating that and was the black male really needs because of the way we've kept him out of been kept out of the out of the economic loop we need to somehow set up something to pull him in well they pulled him in first and then they said let's pull the black woman in because we pull the black woman in we can move him out we pull the black woman in we can also pull the white woman in and after a while the black male will be totally out and we can just deal with the women so that's why in the affirmative action when you look at look at the uh, uh, recipients at the end, it was very few black males involved in that affirmative action thing. And now what they're doing is they're going on this the, the, the women's movement now. Uh, one of the things, when, when they had the women's movement back in the 1800s, um, 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 Sojourner Truth, uh, who, was, who attended one of the uh, women's meetings, uh, found out that the women, the white women, 
uh, yeah, they had their movement. They wanted black women in for support, but they didn't want black women to be out in front. And when she got a chance to speak, she was angry. And because they were uh, keeping black women out, she grabbed her, her blouse, uh, tore it open and exposed her, her breast and said, ain't I a woman too? Because, you know, uh, that's, that's the role. And right now we have the women's movement going and, and great for black women, white women together, but they're gonna leave black women out after a while. They're gonna cut it out. And, and, and white men sit on the side because the one that's being really left out is the black male. And black women need to understand, yes, you have the abilities, and that's not a question. You have the drive because you have the experience. You've got the, you've got the real, um, uh, the spirit uh, of, 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 of black unity, but you are excluding the black male. And that's going to be a detriment to the black family. Because right now, white folk are concerned about the growth or, the, or, or their um, uh, diminishing uh, role as far as popularity. And um, if we can, if, if somehow we can exclude the black male, we can, we can stop the black race. And after a while, uh, a lot of these black women are in the, they're going to be wearing, marrying white women. And that's fine. I, ain't got no, I mean, that's not my issue. My issue is the exclusion of black men. And, and black women are the key element in bringing this thing, this conversation uh, seriously to the front because they're looking down at black men now. I, we check colleges. You know, my, my grandson just graduated from dental school, mostly um, women, black women. Uh, my great granddaughter, she has two, my, 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 my granddaughter, she has two years to go in dental school. They had a, um, Meharry had a, a coat, um, they call it a coat. Most of them are women. And, 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 and the colleges now are being filled with black women, but not black men. And they're making it easy for black women to get in there. And um, uh, they want to exclude the black man. But when I say black women, when your black man go, the family goes. When you look at the Bible and Pharaoh saw that, that the, um, the Jews were becoming uh, plentiful, he said, we have to kill the black male because we don't black kill the black male. It will overrule us um, in, in, in population. And, and, and white folk are thinking in those terms now, too. But we've gone too much as a, as a group, too much for them to destroy our families at this point. We need to come together. Yes. And that's the main thing that is the key here. We have to come together. And I'm watching us um, going through this downfall and the way our brothers are being treated. And I would say to that, as unpopular as it may believe, as much as they are trying to de, um, de-emasculate the, the black male, we, cannot, we can't buy into that myth. Television is telling us mm. not to <laughs> love our males. Yep. You know where I'm going with this. Yes. You know, over-sexualizing the women. Um, now the men aren't even heterosexuals. They're not even showing us male and mm -hmm. female black on the television anymore. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is interracial. I have no problem with interracial, but I'm saying that's the narrative that they're pointing out. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing I want to say 
is that the reason why we are we don't have respect for the black male again is what the narrative is being shown to us and when you go and you meet a man what you think you're supposed to get is this man already in a nice beautiful gold box with a satin red bow mm -hmm. we don't understand that we have to work with that brother mm -hmm. like you said we come in with our own baggage but we want him to come in all you know perfect credit score perfect have the greatest job coming fixed up and and save us mm. and so we have to be very mindful of that concept of what's being put out there because again we are mimicking what we see in the white culture mm -hmm. and it's two different things i've talked to other cultures it's a whole different concept a whole different conversation when you talk to those women mm -hmm. we are not on that same level mm -hmm. when it comes to our male the other the, the other thing i want to say is that again, with the Black family unit, is that we have to be very careful and keep it protected because they're, because of the, the way we've been treated and the separation, um, we often will tell each other, no, you leave him. Women will say that. Leave that, that man. Mm -hmm. um, in other cultures, they do not do that. They rally around you. Exactly. And, and they encourage you to stay in the marriage and they will support you in it we don't do that in our culture right one one i'm glad you said that because one of the things i do and sometimes um uh um especially because um couples are having problems i'll say to particularly to the woman i'll say to her if and when i said to the man too i said if your friends if your friends are not promoting your marriage don't discuss anything with them. Don't discuss, you know, you right, got, you know right. don't anybody that seems to 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 suggest uh, you pulling away from your marriage. They are an enemy to you because when they talk about your husband, they're talking about you. And anyone who seems that that that, you know, they said, I mean, I think, um, uh, you know, they could be. Uh, honest about the behavior that's going on, but they should also encourage her to 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 deal with and to stick with them. But when they said, leave that Negro, mm -mm. I said, that's, that's an enemy to your family. Don't discuss your marriage with that person. Don't get counsel with that person. Make friends with people who want to see your family grow and be happy. Those are your real friends. And 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 it's, it's sometimes it's a hard um, decision to make, but you need to make that decision. Make that decision, you know. Um, yeah, I, um, I I I I I I have been lucky as a black man, but I will say this: I wrote the book because of a question that I had. Um, I was teaching at the university, and I got in a car accident. And uh, in which I had uh, three broken vertebrae in the neck, two in the back, leg broken. Uh, they cut me open. My heart was damaged. My lung was damaged. My pancreas was ripped. And they didn't think I was going to live. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I took out three years because my question was, why is it that me as a black man, no matter what I do, there was a resistance? No matter what. I mean, I had, uh, I had worked... Um, uh, construction, 
I had been uh, director of social services. I had, um, uh, you know, I, I did USO shows in 22 countries and did something for the government. I, uh, you name it, and I, you know, I taught at the university. I, um, uh, you know, I had education, I did that. I had a degree in psychology and religion and then uh, health science, had a master in health science, had a master in public administration and um, uh, was working on my doctorate at the time of the accident. And then after after I got the doctorate, I got another master's in, in service leadership and innovation. No matter what I went into, I mean, I supervised where most of the uh, folk under me were white. It didn't matter. You are a Negro. I won't say that word. I, you know, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I was asking the question of why. And that's when I went to look at at, um, to do some research at the University of Rochester because Frederick Douglass spent 25 years there. And that's when I realized, man, I, I, I had no idea what our four parents had gone through. I just put some of the stuff in the book. It, it, just, it just blew my mind. And that's why whenever I see a black person, I said, I see a miracle. Black folk, you don't realize what this country has done to try to destroy you and are still doing it still doing it, but they're doing it in a more sophisticated way. We need to be aware of those things. You know, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not uh, a racist. Um, um, and I'm not anti-white, but I am pro-black. And I think that um, we all need to be, uh, I mean, we were made in the image of God and we have a responsibility to protect that um, by, by developing it and, and any other kind of way. That's, that's our, that's stewardship. And we need to know what has happened to us. I mean, what we've gone through and how that has affected us and what we must do to rectify that. That's why I say they stole it, but you must return it. Because white folk are not gonna do it. And some, as a matter of fact, they can't do it. They can't give you your self-dignity. They can't give you your self-appreciation. That's something that you, we have to do ourselves. And, and, and it's time for us to do it. Because we're going through a crisis now in the world, and black folk have to be very careful. If we don't come together, if we do not come together, we could experience what Africa experienced when Europe came together with all their innovations and the Renaissance and all that and left Africa out of the loop. Right now, they're going through, you know, China and, uh, and I mean, we're not even part of the part of the dialogue. Africa, the Caribbean, and African American, we're not even part of the dialogue of what's going on in the world today. And eventually they're going to look to to for resources, which they're doing already, because China's trying to take as much of Africa as, as, as they possibly can. Um, even in Jamaica now, China own, owns most of the, the shorelines. And and if we don't come together. Uh, something like slavery could happen again. And black folk are still the most vulnerable at this point. And it's a shame because we have more resources in order to, uh, for that not to happen. Um, um, and, and I mentioned this something on another show. Um, there are more African-Americans, just African-Americans. And African-Americans is a small, small part of of, of, of the black um, 
just 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 African Americans. There are more African Americans than than there are Jews in the whole world. In the whole world. Yet, if anybody tries to bother Israel, the United States, the Big Brother, is going to make sure nothing happens to happens to Israel. But if something were to happen to Jamaica, or Grenada, or you know the Congo, any place, what could we do? Not very much, because we're not together. See, the Jews after the Holocaust, they said never again, and they made sure that they put together their unity, even though they may uh, argue, um, uh, verb, but they got that unity of survival. And that we was only six it. years. And that was only six years. Exactly. Exactly. We tried before. I know I tried before to try to get a, you know, a, a, you know, um, a conversation going. Uh, but we are so damaged. See, we got to deal with the damage. And I'll tell you, they're damaged in Africa, too. They're damaged in Korea. In, 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 in the Caribbean, I've been, I've been around to these countries. I've looked at it. And, and, um, and there's an African proverb that says, uh, a man who don't think he's sick, who, who, who doesn't think he's sick, is not going to seek a physician. And we don't think we're sick. We don't think that we need it. We, we need we need healing. We don't we don't think so. And and for that reason, uh, we we don't we don't we don't um, see. We have picked up one of the worst elements that that Europeans have, and that is the capitalistic concept. Uh, which came out of uh, uh, the survival of the fittest, which which means that you destroy anybody you can. You put up a Burger King, I'm gonna put up a McDonald's and run you out of business. Um, you know, um, you know. And so we picked up that concept of of of, of trying to to uh, put um, uh, different elements of black folk against each other. You know, we used to do it. Um, uh, it used to be the blacks from the north against the south. The, the, the light skin against the black skin. Now it's the Caribbean and, and Africans against African Americans. You know, this 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 foolishness um, uh, when when our unity is is our survival. And we have Africa has so much natural resources. Um, uh, African Americans are exposed to a lot of technology. Um, and, and 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 I mean, if we like I said, the Jews, Jews, the Jews learned from the Holocaust, and they were not in the same mindset prior to the Holocaust than they are post-Holocaust, because they were much like uh, blacks in the United States now. Many of them had um, um, jobs, um, uh, reputable jobs, uh, money, um, education. Some of them, but they didn't have an agenda. And Hitler had the agenda. But they said, never again, never again. And they're determined, never again. We don't even want to talk about slavery. But they will make sure that they, their children and their grandchildren all know about the Holocaust and what led up to it and what it meant to them. We yes. don't talk about that. No, in Los Angeles, we have the Museum of Tolerance. Mm. Mm -hmm. that was created by the Jews. And mm -hmm. they do talk about other different type of tol tolerance. They do talk about the civil rights era. They do talk about um, other oppressions around the world. But it is one of the, if you've never visited, if you live in Los Angeles, you've never visited the Museum of Tolerance, you should go. Mm -hmm. Because you we will see firsthand 
that the reason why we have history, because we know that history can repeat itself. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that we are staying on top of things. And just like you said, um, Dr. Williams, and I thought this years ago, that if we don't get our stuff together, we can find ourselves back in slavery. We are getting back there. I'm sorry, we're, we're heading that way. Um, but it, it's been an amazing conversation speaking with you today, Dr. Williams. I can talk with you forever. <laughs> um, please tell us again about your book, where we can get it online. Okay, the book is is, is titled, uh, They Stole It, But You Must Return It. The they uh, talks about um, white America, those that um, uh, actively and inactively and supported the slave experience that, that really uh, tried to dehumanize us. Uh, they stole it. Uh, our surf, our self dignity, um, our, our unity. I, I mean, they just, just messed us up. But we must return it. We must return it, and we can return it. And um, so in the book, I talk about family. I talk about marriage. I talk about uh, education. Uh, I talk about um, social uh, interaction. I, I talk about some, I talk a little bit about economics. I talk a lot about, about economics. Then I also talk about health. I talk about what I call POS, which is uh, perpetuation of slavery. Uh, I think that, matter of fact, I my suggestion was that we need to look at uh, things that happen today, which perpetuate slavery, and 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 vow that we will not allow the perpetuation of slavery. And so, I, my my thing was, um, I don't like the song. I like the song "We Shall Overcome," and I think that was appropriate for that time. But I don't I don't think that that that's waiting for somebody else to do something for you. Uh, you know, uh, by by us sitting around. No, we shall not tolerate the perpetuation of slavery, which we meet every day. And um, um, so uh, it's called They Stole It, But You Must Return It. You can, uh, I talk about how the slave experience um, affects our behaviors today. The process um, that was taken in order for us to uh, be uh, victims of, of, of slavery and what we must do in order to change that, uh, how we can must change our mindset, how we must change our health, how we must look at each other differently, how we must look at our marriages differently, our family differently. Um, um, you can uh, purchase the book on Amazon.com or you can download it on Kindle. Matter of fact, it's very cheap on Kindle. I think the download on Kindle is about three dollars. Um, Amazon, I think, sells it for seventeen. I don't know what Barnes and Noble sells it for. Um, but the um, and I will say that the reviews have been been good, um, very good. Most most of the uh, stars are five, and um, it's a very simple book. By the way, it's a simple book. Um, I, I gleaned a lot of information uh, in my research, but I only put some of the things that, that I thought would be easily understood, um, not, not insulting anybody, but I, I wanted to make sure that, that we all could understand. I think, and I'm not saying it because I wrote the book, I think this is the primer 
for uh, development for black folk. One thing we need to know is who we are, where we are, what has happened to us. I can recommend some excellent books to build on top of this, but for primer, I think this is this is um, where, where it's a good start. Um, I'm hoping that we can get um, um, uh, black folk around the world to read. As a matter of fact, um, I do have folk that are reading the book in Africa, Brazil, and South Africa, and, and um, um, wrote the book back in '86. And I'm, I'm going to close now because I get tired. And um, I put it on on hold when my wife uh, died, but I've been getting so many calls for it, and I see that things have not changed, and the concepts in the book are still applicable today. And so I'm pushing it now. I'm really pushing the book now. So, um, well, let's buy, let's 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 read the book. Let's have a dialogue. We're going to set up workshops. We're going to set up. Um, we want everybody to be able to get the information. Uh, we'll be having classes too online, free classes, because we want our black folk to um, to grow. We need we need we need to. Come I look up. forward to it. I look forward to reading the book because I'm always looking forward to strengthening the family bond. That's why it's called Is Miss Max Health and Culture because I'm about culture and making sure that we're solidifying our unity. On contrary to unpopular belief that we are not together. There are a good number of us that are working towards unity and it starts small and we can be the inner voice to go on the outside. And so I thank you, Dr. Williams, for gracing uh, Is Miss Max, uh, Max Health and Culture today. And we'll be in touch, especially okay. I, I want to know more about the workshops and being okay. a part of that. Okay. Because there, as a child, I, I'll close and say this, there's so much that I didn't get to know. I am one of those who did not know a lot of my background culture, but yet I have so much inside me that I'm always open to learning. You're never too old to learn. I believe that always, yes. right? You're never too old to learn. And my <laughs> mantra is we are here in this earth to grow old gracefully. Yes, yes. And that is what we are doing. I want to look as wonderful as you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and you are doing, you are epitome of what I want to be, growing old gracefully. Thank you for um, joining us today. And you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, family, for sticking here with us. And I hope you learned something from this conversation today. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Have a wonderful evening and okay. a wonderful weekend. All righty. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Maxine from Ministry and Wellness, your health and wellness advocate. Are you having problems relaxing? Maybe feeling a little stressed? You are not alone, but I've got the solution for you. Go to ministryandwellness.com for your alternative solutions to comfort or call me at area code 855-200-2774 to book your free consultation. No question is too small and don't be shy. I'm here to help and look forward to speaking with you. Individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashman Duck Ashman Duck Ashman Duck Ashman Duck Ashman Duck. On the wake up.